Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. With a surprise announcement and a surprise new series that we are dropping tonight, right on your heads. Introducing the first episode of Invasion on Apple TV by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton. You're the host. Welcome back. So, it was the first spur of the moment thing. If you've listened to our series coverage of Silo, you may have heard that I'm a fan of Invasion. Mm-hmm. And I found out a couple days ago that Invasion Season 2 is premiering on August 23rd. So, you know what that means, Zach. Yeah. What does that mean? It's time for a Season 1 coverage. We're doing a sprint through Season 1 of Invasion, mixing it up as a midweek little refresher series for all of y'all out there who are lucky enough. If you're, I'm really jealous of all of you out there who are lucky enough to not have watched Invasion. Hey, that's me. Yeah, we're approaching this show from two <laughs> perspectives here. I have seen season one. Zach has not. So Zach is in for the surprise, you know, thrill ride of what season one is. While I do my best to contain my excitement and contain the knowledge that I so clearly have over my fellow co-host here. It'll make it interesting. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're mixing this in. We're dropping this as a midweek series we're doing. Catching up right before season two drops on August 23rd. And from there, if you're not satisfied with our midweek series, we've still got our Foundation Season 2 coverage for you, which we're doing instant reaction drops on Thursday late or Friday early morning and our deep dives on Sunday night. Not to mention that we did a Foundation Season 1 commentary, which that show has a steep learning curve. So if all of you out there who are sci-fi nerds, such as ourselves here who love the world building aspect of Foundation and many other shows like it, We encourage you to listen to our season one coverage of it as well, alongside as a little companion piece to the season one of Foundation itself. And if you're even luckier and you're listening to this show for the first time because you love Invasion and you didn't know about this show called Silo on Apple TV, you should go check that out too. And we also did a deep dive and instant reaction series through season one. And that's all I've got. We've got more series, but you can go and discover those at soapbox.house. Yep, that's our website, soapbox.house, no.com. Dot house because when you listen to Soapbox, you're at home. We're a community. Right, yeah, that's great. Okay. I like that. That was smooth. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Straight off the dome, man. Straight right. off the dome. Gotta love All it. All right. Let's get into it a little bit. I actually don't want to start the episode yet. I want to talk a little bit about what this show is, who created it, what's going on. Personally, I'm a sucker for anything in alien invasion slash end of the world and our generation has a weird obsession with end of the world type genre pieces mm-hmm. which uh you may not know by now zach yeah but invasion is one of those and it's it actually was a really pleasant surprise when i discovered this show um back in 2021 it was like in the midst of kind of just realizing that apple tv is a legitimate media <laughs> network and a yeah. legitimate streaming service because at that point, when Apple TV launched, they had such catch-up to do, and they're still doing catch-up, in my opinion, in terms of the number of shows, the number of movies they're offering on their platform. Now, they're offering free movies on the platform. And Invasion was perhaps just... I mean, it blew my mind. It's perhaps my favorite show on the entire streaming platform wow. as it stands, uh, which sort of pisses me off because it has mixed critical reviews. Which really is not warranted. I mean, I saw a, I saw a six point eight out of ten. I saw a three points a three star review from some random guy. I mean, 
man, people love to critique, but goodness gracious. I mean, if you want a series that's a thrill ride from beginning to end, at least season one so far, it's a damn good series, good acting. You know, I'll, I'll rewatch and have my critiques here and there, but not many. I just enjoyed it thoroughly as a, as a fan. And the pilot, you know, what's really important about anything that's like in the alien invasion or like zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse type scenario, the pilot has to hit. You got to show the before times, right? Yeah. And this episode does a great job. It's titled The Last Day. And it does a great job of setting up the chess pieces across the board because it's a, it's a really deep drama as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like aliens ripping people's faces off and stuff like that. No, it's actually like a deeply human drama that just so happens to be in a world where an alien invasion takes place. And so, I have no complaints about it. It's the type of stuff Apple TV puts out with consistency. Apple, you're getting free marketing from us, all right? We don't need the screeners, <laughs> but we're giving you free marketing out there, okay? So, you got to ramp up your marketing game. Get the word out about some of your series like Foundation Season 2. There's not enough There's not enough marketing out there for that show right now. And there's not enough for Invasion. So, people got to hear about this show and they got to go watch it because I think it's just in, Zach. We have an obsession right now. Congress is looking into UFOs. There's like this, you know, it's in the media. It's the zeitgeist. Is that the term for it? Zeitgeist? I think so. Yeah. I've never really used that term in natural conversation, like but too, it feels right. So we'll, it's too bougie. We'll right? go with yeah, zeitgeist. Little, yeah. The cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah. You know, for, for the first episode, I did like it a lot. It was, to me, this, it kind of feels like one of those shows that you just want to like, you want to put on and just like curl up on the couch and watch. It's just great. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, it also reminded me a little bit of uh, the, the first episode of Last of Us, not in terms of like the storyline, but just seeing this, you know, pre-post-apocalyptic world was, was nice. And I did make a comment to myself as I was watching and I got about like halfway into the episode. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching an episode of Black Mirror right now. Like it kind of felt <laughs> like it touched on yeah. some of those yeah. or pulled on the strings a little bit as well. But no, I, I did like the episode. And what an ending. I, I am just like, did that really just happen? Uh, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you listening to it for the fir- or watching it for the first time. But I got to say, um, what was I going to tell you right there? Don't tell me. I it's completely about lost my train of thought. I was completely, like completely <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Uh, you mentioned something in it and it struck a chord with, um, with what I was thinking. But. The, actually, Apple TV is known for doing these shows as adaptations from novels. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised that this one is actually an original creation. It's really? not a, an adaptation from a novel, which is the first show that we've covered that is not an adaptation from <laughs> a novel on Apple TV. So, pretty interesting to me uh, in that regard. If the thought comes back to me, I will let you know what it was. Uh, oh, I remember what it was now. There it okay. Is. What I love about these shows one of the things that just the genre in general is it's perfect for conversations because it puts you in the place of each one of the characters and you're like, what would I do mm-hmm. if I was a sheriff on my last day at work and a damn alien invasion happens? If I was like a frustrated sheriff who <laughs> never got his case, who never got his career making case, yeah, what would I do if I was in a marriage and found out that my freaking spouse cheated on me <laughs> on the day the alien invasion is taking place? What would I do if I was in love with someone who just went into space, okay, 
and she's having an affair on, on someone else. All right. There's a couple of affairs going on in this episode. Okay. And uh, hopefully Sam Neill's not having one either, but no, uh, there's two so far. All right. Inspector Campbell got reassigned. Anyway, that's a Peaky Blinders joke. We did a series on that too. If you love that show. Uh, shout out to Oppenheimer, Cillian Murphy coming out this week. Okay. I am so excited for that. Back with this. Cillian or Killian? I Killian Murphy is the way Killian. that I have been informed. Okay. By who? I don't really know. <laughs> Not him himself, but uh, that would be awesome, dude. I, I have right. heard. I have heard it on a few. There was there was an old movie. Uh, oh gosh, it's like the wind and the barley or something like that. I okay, can't remember wind, the name of it. The wind through the barley, yeah, something like that. About. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they they call it the Killian Murphy in that. So that's okay, that's what I'm cool. going with. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I love the fact that this show puts you in the place of what you would do with an alien, during an alien invasion, and we will get into the episode right now. But before we do, I'm going to go get another spin drift. Spin drift, if you're out there and you want to sponsor the show. All right, ladies and gents, we're getting into the episode recap now. We begin, interesting enough, in the Arabian Desert, in the middle of Yemen, on planet Earth. And I found it interesting that they use the geotags of Earth, because you're like, is that really necessary? Yeah. But it's to make you feel like something's out there, because something is out there. And this poor desert traveler in the middle of the Arabian Desert just happens to be at the wrong place. At the wrong time, or the right place at the wrong time. Uh, I don't know if I'd consider this the right place, the way that this ends here with him, but yes, that's some good aim. It was this, this landed fairly close to him. You know, there's something in these alien movies, whether it's Signs with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, or, or just any other alien thing you've seen, mm-hmm. animals always know what's up. They if do. you see an animal going the other way, follow them. <laughs> Just go with it. And in several instances in this episode, we see animals moving away from the direction of the thing coming towards it. And here, the desert traveler or nomad, whatever this guy's doing in the desert, does not follow his animal's intuition. And perhaps he's seeing a vision from God or something here. But it is not a vision from God. It is actually an invisible alien because he gets probably the closest look at whatever this creature is in episode one. Yeah. I have no idea what it is, but you know, you're right. Animals do kind of have this sixth sense sometimes it seems with like these spiritual things, right? Yeah. Or or a ghost or an alien or whatever. But I would, uh, I have to say, even if they didn't start walking away, I think seeing some like burrowing worm, uh, my wife called it the Alaskan bullworm, uh, <laughs> charging in my direction. Yeah. I think I'd be dipping. I'd be going somewhere other than standing in the same spot that I'm standing where this, whatever it is, is, is yeah. on its way. What do you make of the attack? It seems like the alien has some sort of audible like f- wave, right? Yeah, like a, a different frequency that it, that it, I don't know, that it attacks on, right? 
Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of seems like that. It, it looked like a, just a big shock wave. I don't know how else to describe that other than just like it was. It was really focused though. Like it, it had like a point of origin and it continued to spread out um, as as it you know moved farther into the distance. But yeah, it. I'm assuming he's completely dead. If if you got hit by some sound waves, it blew you back that that far. Yeah. Well, after the scene of the desert traveler getting blown back by this sonic wave. We get open up to the title sequence, which is a really neat one. It feels very Last of Us-y. Yes. Uh, the title sequence, right? Yep. Uh, in fact, I think it's a better title sequence than Last of Us. But it's composed <laughs> so by it's composed by Max Richter, who is known for a song called On the Nature of Daylight, which if you type it in on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you listen to music or YouTube, you will be very familiar with it because it is like the main theme in the Dennis Villeneuve movie called Arrival. And it's a very mm-hmm. famous uh, song that he composed. And he composed the title sequence as well as the entire first season. I don't know how deep that goes, but he is the composer of it. It's so much so, on the nature of daylight, is so famous that I was mistaken and this entire time thought that he composed, he was the composer on Arrival, which I was wrong. Wow. That was Johan Johansson. So, but he's composed Ad Astra. He's composed a bunch of really well-known projects and he's a very talented um, composer in his own right. That's pretty cool. I guess he's sticking so. with, a, with a similar genre here. Interesting, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he created On the Nature of Daylight. I don't think he created that song for Arrival. I think that song was just chosen for it, if Picked I'm not mistaken, but uh, I could okay. be wrong. Um. All right. We open up with our first main character because we never see that desert traveler again, at least not in this episode. And we go to Itabel, Oklahoma, USA, Earth, where we are introduced to Sam Neill's character, Jim Bell, who is on his last day of sheriff in this small Oklahoma town. Right off the bat, Zach, I wanted to make a little side comment here with these little geotags. Okay. I found that the show was trying to convey like this message that when something catastrophic occurs, like an alien invasion, mm-hmm. cultural lines just disappear because everyone's life is just uprooted from whatever it is Yeah, at this major threat. And it's like, it's further emphasized to the point that, you know, it, it further emphasizes the point that we're all human aside from like everything else, we're humans first. So when it becomes <laughs> alien versus human, it doesn't become alien versus white guy and black guy it becomes alien versus human because we don't give a damn like we just gotta fight these aliens and get them the hell off our planet you know yeah Uh, you're you're unified by a common enemy yeah which i found that that the first episode does a good job of setting that up because we're seeing characters from the heartland of america like in oklahoma we're seeing characters from you know the the blue states of of new york and long island Mm -hmm. right uh you're seeing a desert traveler in freaking Yemen. You're seeing uh, a NASA or not a NASA, like a J. What do you a like? JASA. JASA? JASA? JASA is the way I read that. Uh, yeah, that's like how I read it. Like the Japanese version of NASA or something. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing JASA. I mean, we're seeing like an astronaut and uh, I, I guess like a astronautical engineer mm-hmm. type um, type person. And uh, we're just seeing all these people, and we don't know how their storylines are going to come together. But we have this one common ground, and it's that aliens are invading. And that will affect everyone. Yeah. I mean, it really gives you a sense of the fact that this is really a, a global thing, right? Like it's it's not just isolated an area or, I mean, to, to your point, I guess the, the type of people, it is it is really everywhere. Yeah. So a little threatening, a little terrifying to think about. Yeah. 
Well, first up is Jim Bell, who's on his last day as sheriff. And I'd say for most other people who have worked a long career and are looking forward to their retirement, this would be the worst possible scenario. That you are, you know, you're about to collect your pension, you know, you're about Mm -hmm. to just kind of drift off into the sunset, enjoy your grandkids, you know, live a good life, right? Yeah. But an alien invasion is about to happen and uproot you completely. But for Jim Bell, I think his situation is a little different. I think he would actually prefer the alien invasion being with just seeing the way he's handling his retirement in general this entire episode. Yeah, I mean... I feel, I feel like he just wants one more. Like, well, g- give me one last good one, or I guess a first good one for him. I can't blame well, he him. Heads, I'd want one. He heads to this farm. What'd you say? I said, I can't blame him. I'd want a really interesting case too if I hadn't had one. I guess so. I can see I can see that sort of storyline, although he seems a bit selfish at certain points, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about that a little later when he goes into his little story about the little girl he saved. But um, he heads to this farm where there's a report of a missing vehicle, which apparently is a a common case because these meth heads that are this farmhand's, uh, this farmer's uh, nephews keep stealing <laughs> his mother's truck. But while there, that's really not the interesting thing that occurs. They see these crows flying around a circle in the middle of a cornfield because it's always a cornfield, isn't it, Zach? Always, man. Uh, I mean, that's that's like the safest place to be, right? Is that just like a tongue-in-cheek thing? Like, hey, we got to throw in a cornfield in here somewhere? Yeah, I think it's just a little terrifying to think about. I mean, after movies like Children of the Corn, nothing good comes out of there. Yeah, I've never seen Children of the Corn. What? Come no, on. You, no. right, you, you got you to gotta go watch it after this. Watch it tonight or tomorrow. I don't think I want to. You should. <laughs> it's no, like no. a staple. You have to have watched that one. <laughs> well, uh, it seems like Bell's going to get his wish. He's going to get his last case because the people who stole this truck are missing. And he thinks this is God's. You can see he's kind of looking for an answer from God the entire episode because when he gets in his truck, he's listening to a sermon. And mm-hmm. even at the end, he's like crying out to God for a sign, you know? Yeah. And he thinks that possibly this is his answered prayer, the case that he's been waiting for, for his career-making case that gets him the medals with the mayor on the stage, you know? Yeah. I'm just assuming if he were to somehow solve whatever this case would be, um, he wouldn't really get much glory for it, just given the fact that typically in these types of shows, a lot of people die. There's a lot of death and destruction. So, I don't know that people are going to remember him even if he does solve this thing. Yeah. And, I mean, whether he's alive or not. Yeah, man. I got to the end of this. I'm like, did they really just kill Sam Neill? Like in the first episode? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's Apple. They probably did. <laughs> I won't say anything about other shows. <laughs> I won't say anything about other shows. But uh, if we do go by track record and Apple, mm-hmm. uh, they're not scared of doing it. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, but think about it. That's like, I mean, I'm not saying Sam Neill's like, you know, DiCaprio level. But could you imagine if you cast Leo DiCaprio like in a show and you killed him <laughs> you in the first episode? You tell him, hey man, we're going to kill you off in like the first 10 minutes. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah? All, right, yeah. all right, cool. All right. Well, we go to our next character, Anisha Malik, who lives in Long Island, New York. She's got her shit together, man. Like she's up early. She's exercising. She's packing her kids lunch <sighs> before they're awake. She's being very particular. She's got the little cranberries, mm-hmm. the peanut butter, the celery. She's got the sandwiches. Everyone's got their special order. Goes and wakes up both kids. Her bum cheating husband is still sleeping mm-hmm. at this hour. She goes to wake him up. And you think that she has this, she's living this perfect little family life, happy marriage, two happy, healthy kids. Mm-hmm. 
and she has probably the most tragic, well, maybe the second most tragic uh, <laughs> ending in this episode. Yeah. I, I was a little jealous of her morning routine. We were literally just talking about it before we started recording. I wish I could get up early, but I am, right. I'm just not a morning person, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, speaking of bad endings, we go to Tokyo, Japan, <laughs> and we meet uh, soon-to-be-departed Japanese astronaut Hinata Murai, I think is the last name. And she is with her, I don't think she's married, but she's definitely in a relationship with Mitsuki here. And uh, she, meanwhile, in the public tabloid, because she seems to be a celebrity, mm-hmm. is dating a very famous actor. So she seems to be uh, living a double life, so to speak here. Yeah, I don't I don't think she's married. I uh, I just understood that she and the other... The other female, I, I, I missed her name. Mitsuki. We're, uh, Mitsuki. Okay. We're dating. That's that's what I picked up on. Yeah, they're definitely in love. And uh, Mitsuki has a pretty sweet apartment, I got to say. It's nice. I mean, if I could wake up every morning to the sun blinding me in my face, <laughs> I would be a morning person. <laughs> this is true. You know, my cousin was telling me the best way to wake up is with the sun hitting your face, like natural light hitting your face. Yeah. And I think that's true because whenever I have to wake up early for a shoot or something like that, mm-hmm. and I don't trust myself with the alarm to get up early enough, yeah, I'll leave my blinds open <laughs> so that that sunlight's coming through. I would tell you a story about the one time I left my blinds open at my childhood home, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Is that what scar the audience? Would we have to age restrict this, this video? No. I mean, there was literally just some freak standing outside my window in the middle of the night. It was really no terrifying. Way. Oh my God. You told me about this story. <laughs> yeah, I this did. This is the stalker in the middle of the night, yeah, right? in the middle the of the night. It was the weirdest thing ever. I was just like, what in the absolute hell is going did, on? Did you ever but, find out who that guy was? No idea. No idea. That is horrifying. It really was. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm not like afraid of leaving my blinds open, but I don't think I ever did again as a kid. Do you still see his face? No, I don't even remember. It just looked like a shadow, like an outline of the guy. Oh, I don't even remember That's what it looked horrifying. like. It's kind of menacing. Yeah. Well, we do find out soon enough that Hinata is an astro- astronaut. She's about to go spend a year in the International Space Station to study the effects of long-term space travel on the body to prepare for deep space travel. Unfortunately for her, her long-term stay at the International Space Station seems to be have cut short. Yeah, it's a short-term seems, stay. Seems it was double booked. <laughs> I mean, there was two people there, but yeah, somebody, something else wanted to join them for a moment, it looked like. We also learn a little bit about Mitsuki. Um, very briefly, she's a very quiet, introverted tech here in JASA. Mm-hmm. Pronouncing out there, any JASA employees out there in the audience, please feel free to correct. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce anything in Japanese, so I, I'm I'm just gonna assume that it it reads like I I would read it like an American. <laughs> but she seems to be pretty. Uh, she seems genius level. I mean, she's focusing on her work and then turns to her her friend here, uh, which I did not catch his name yet, but I think it's um I read it on IMDb, but I'm not gonna pull it up right now because he's really a side character at this point. Um. She's sort of a genius because she turns to his side and pretty much solves his little chess game or whatever game this is. Yeah. In a few moves without even really looking at his computer screen. Yeah, she's that like tech nerd that, you know, if you if you ever work in an office and you're like, ah, I ran into some issue, you spin your chair around and ask the guy back there, how, how, how do you fix this? Mm-hmm. And he just comes over and taps a few, few keystrokes and we're good. Yeah. It's here where we find out about... Um, Hinata's double life. Nobody in the office seems to know about her relationship with Mitsuki. 
And Mitsuki's called to repair a supposedly busted up backup comm system, which I really don't think it was busted. I think it was just a way to get a final goodbye in. Yeah, it, it was not busted. This was this was the introduction of uh, the, the two lovers here because we got that little mystery in the beginning of the uh, apartment true, room. True. This is the first moment where you're like, okay, got it. This is, there's something between them. Yes, definitely. And you get, um, I just wrote down a little side note as I do in my notes often and I put, I would never want to be an astronaut. Dude, I'm with you. Even, even if the spaceships... We're like the beggar from Foundation. I would not. I would would feel better about going into space if it was like the beggar in Foundation. I would. I would probably feel a little better. Yeah, because you don't have to put on a suit, man. No. Yeah, but I just nah. I'm good. I don't. I don't want to go. I like the ground. I don't even like the ocean. Like, I mean, I like the beach, but I do enjoy the ocean. Yeah, I I hear you. There's a difference between standing in the in the you know where you can stand in the ocean mm-hmm. then when you're even like i've been paddle boarding like early morning paddle boarding yeah when you're alone out there mm-hmm. and i've had experiences where i've seen large shadows swimming underneath my you know underneath the paddle board yeah and this I, at this point when this actually occurred to me i was not very good at paddle boarding. i don't i don't do it incredibly <laughs> often uh and I was like, Jesus, this would be a time to fall in the water right here, wouldn't it? This would be the time yeah. to, you know, and I'm there like, this. you cannot screw up here, buddy. Yeah. But it's different. Like, you just completely understand that you are not in your element. You do not control this domain, no matter where you are. No, you are a victim um, to whatever lies below, man. I've, I've, I haven't been paddle boarding, but I've been kayaking and canoeing on top of gators. And that's, a, that's about as close to nature as I want to get. Why do people do that? There's a lot of lakes in Florida where you can go uh, kayak uh, with gators and stuff. Know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like you're like, which is the one that has the most gators? I want to go say hi. Like, that's not it. You're just like. There is one like that, though, like near Tampa. There is one like that. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, go anywhere. You can find gators. Go to the Everglades. There's gators. But whatever. Speaking of um, just dangerous situations. I mean, to be an astronaut, though, you really don't know if you're going to even survive takeoff. True. Your your ship could just blow up on the on the launch pad, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know, we we need them. They're the coolest people on earth. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't, and I sure as hell wouldn't pay to do it. I would not. No, I wouldn't pay to do it <laughs> I would either. Not no, pay to go on a on a trip to outer space. I'd be like, you guys got to pay me a hundred thousand dollars for me to do this. That's not enough, though. Yeah. Well, back in Oklahoma, Jim Bell, which I wrote in my notes, John Bell, the entire time for some reason. Um, <laughs> Jim Bell discovers the truck at the site of the disturbance in the cornfield, which we find out is a giant crop circle. Um, yep. It's like by the books here. It looks uh, like it's alien, been burnt around, around, stuff. around the edges, watch, by the way. I mean, shit. I mean, they live in the world. They live on Earth, right? Yeah. You're figuring they see a crop circle and they're like... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what no. happened here? Yeah. This one of them alien crop circles. <laughs> Don't aliens do these things? You know what I mean? Like that's my mind would immediately go there. Who's yeah. creating this? It's not a bunch of meth heads going out there in the middle of the night creating crop circles. <laughs> Are you sure? 
I mean, is it truck? Maybe maybe they just went out. They all jumped out of the truck, got an off horse, and started digging. <laughs> That's the biggest mystery of the episode is that they discover the truck by the the cornfield, like by this circle. Which mm-hmm. what I think happened, if I'm going to put my Sherlock Holmes hat on, is these meth heads were probably smoking meth in the car from their mm-hmm. pipe when some shit crashed in the middle of the field yeah. while they were all both high. <laughs> and this, <laughs> and they're off. They've often run somewhere because they were so spooked by it, or mm-hmm. they were kidnapped. The aliens came, and the first two subjects they took were two meth heads. Well, we don't know what happened to the uh, the guy and the Arabian Desert after he was, I guess, knocked back fifty feet from that shock wave. But it does look like there's a lot of stuff broken, like broken windows on this truck. And and well, I mean, it all kind of looks pretty effed up. But Not maybe that. maybe they take their bodies after after they knock them out. Maybe yeah, that's a good point. They might take their bodies after they knock them out. We don't know yet. But mm-hmm. uh, if you're Jim, I can I can kind of understand why you'd think God is giving you like one last mission here because. Not only do you find a crop circle, not only do you get this mission that leads you to this crop circle, right? Yeah. I keep saying mission, this case that leads you to this crop circle. But you get this biblical Exodus style locust swarm Mm -hmm. that flies at you. I mean, I would be thinking I'm getting assigned too. Yeah, it does feel like it's right out of the Bible or something. It's just pointing straight straight at it. But man, the animals in this, like, they all know. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And if since we can kind of go back to the the desert scene where we know the you don't have to go back literally, but yeah, we know that the alien has some sort of cloaking ability. So who knows mm-hmm. where they are in the midst of the situation? But well, that's that's the other interesting thing, right? Like the animals seem to move around when they're around these creatures or whatever these aliens are. The we didn't see anything in that hole, by the way, but we did see birds flying all around there. That was the enough for me. Time. I, w- I would. The thing is for me is that the only thing, like I know what I know what I would do in the midst of an alien invasion. Uh, please, please do tell. I would only have my only source material would be to hope that the aliens were the aliens from science, and to hope that they do not like water, <laughs> and therefore I would go and live on a sailboat, and I would fish, and I would that's how I'd live off the sailboat. That's what, it. What if they like water? Then I'm screwed. Then okay. my whole plan's up. <laughs> plan Then my whole plan's done. For. But the ocean is very large, so I maybe I can survive for a bit. Yeah. The only a, problem is I don't know how to sail. And there's so, great whites and other things out there. I'd rather just chance it with the yelling and be like, look, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you come in peace, sir? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> sir. <laughs> Needle to the back of the neck. Yep. Uh, over in Long Island, we get this horrifying scene of band practice with Anisha's kids. And all the kids in the classroom start having these horrific nosebleeds, something out of a horror movie. And the only kid in the classroom who does not get the nosebleed is her son, which is another mystery in this episode. Is everyone seems to be affected by however these aliens, because the aliens are causing those nosebleeds somehow. Yeah. And he's the only one unaffected by it, which should is pretty important. It's it's pretty uh, useful person to have around. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I this scene made me think like I really think these aliens like their weapon is some sort of sonic device, right? Because if I see a bunch of people in a room start to have a nosebleed, I don't know why that's what that's what comes to mind for me. 
especially after seeing some sort of shockwave. So I think they're just putting out some god-awful sound, driving driving them crazy and forcing their little blood vessels and their little noses to just pop. For real. Well, back in Oklahoma with Sheriff Jim Bell on his last day, we get a great, for all the Yellowstone fans out there, we get a great cameo here. Not really a cameo. It's Jefferson White who plays Jimmy in Yellowstone, and he's a fan favorite in Yellowstone. And he plays uh, kind of Nazi drug dealer, uh, drug leader, or gang leader here, Daniel. Yeah. Who is being questioned by Jim about the whereabouts of Cal and his brother. Which leads to just a bunch of racial slurs and um, attacks on Sheriff Bell's insecurities as an ineffective sheriff or not really an ineffective sheriff, but just a sheriff who never got like that big case. He didn't solve the murder, you know, like he didn't get that star case, which like I was kind of alluding to earlier is a little bit selfish, you know, or maybe a bit prideful to think that way. But um, nonetheless... He feels like he was called to be a sheriff for a reason, and he wants to solve a big case, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I would want to solve a big case, too. I feel like that's, like, that's, I mean, part of the fun in it, not that I'm not I'm not condoning crime and all of that, saying that it's fun, but, you know, I mean, if that's your job, like, I, I would want to have some, you know, nice, like, large, important task at some point in my life. I would probably make a, a bad sheriff because I, I like his move here where he just, you know, throat punched the guy and shoved his face down on the pool table. Like that's something that I would, I'd want to do. I'd just be like, all right, look, you pissed me off enough. Going to use some force here. I'd be a bad sheriff as well, but not for that reason. I'd be a bad sheriff because there's no way I'm walking out to that crop field in the middle of the night uh, by myself. Yeah. It's not doing it. It would have to be, dire circumstances to the point where like you know they like my kid's missing and i think they're in the in the cornfield or something you know what i mean like something drastic has to be going on yeah you think they're just chilling right in the center (laughs) what's up you think they're just chilling right in the center of the hole i'm just saying you know it's i'm not gonna go out there looking for meaning you know yeah not in the mood not 3 a.m no um well we find out that daniel doesn't know where cal and his brother are and neither does Kyle's stripper girlfriend who they go visit in the middle of the daytime uh, which I thought it was nighttime because it just felt like nighttime in that scene but then they walk out and it gets a little even more sad because they leave the strip club and it's daytime yep. and strip clubs during the daytime when you see like it's just kind of sad you know what I mean to think yeah. about yeah I mean I haven't been in the daytime or the nighttime but I would imagine yeah, it's, it's a little same. more lame in the night uh, daytime I mean it's just you know it's it's I don't know. I guess I guess you got to work extra hard. Like, is that is that the idea? Is that why it's? I just think that something's not going right if you're there during the daytime. Yeah. I'm not trying to pass judgment. Okay. I'm just saying it's like daytime, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyways, <laughs> people, someone's gonna get pissed. I know. I know. What you mean? We're gonna get a few. I go there for the food. What are you talking about? <laughs> the steakhouse. Okay. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, we get a scene later. We'll talk about this, uh, in a bit, but, uh, it's a good scene between Deputy Grady, who is kind of like the understudy to Sheriff Bell here. And she asks him essentially what's going on. And we'll get to that in a bit, but we get a little bit of, we get a scene of Anisha taking the kids to the doctor, husband's MIA, and Mm -hmm. we get a little background. I think the whole purpose of this scene is to see 
to further emphasize the fact that her son does not get affected with these nosebleeds. And secondly, that Anisha is pretty brilliant and she gave up a potential medical career mm-hmm. when she was in Harvard. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to what career she gave up and what it is that her husband does that she, I guess she could have. But, I mean, she seems pretty smart. Yes, she does. I think her kids yes, would be does. safe with her. I think that's part of like the whole episode is that, you know, she's this great mom. She has her life to put together. I don't know if she works or not. Um, she doesn't look like it. Like, I don't, I don't think you would go to Harvard. She's dressed so nicely. Yeah. But I mean, they they could just have money, but, but again, like, I don't think you would go to Harvard medical school and not be a doctor. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Right. But if you're working, I imagine if you've gone through all of that, you would be a doctor. She, she goes to say that she is not a doctor here, but she did go to medical school. Maybe she got pregnant. That's a possibility. She Um, does look kind of young. No, but these kids look kind of young for her to, you know, she doesn't look young enough to have dropped out of medical school. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who knows, who knows when you went or when she went. That's true. That's true. I'm a, I am a generalizing there. Um, Back home, the day continues for Anisha. She takes the kids home. And it's bad enough that he's cheating on her in this moment where the (laughs) kids have had this horrific day at school. But the dummy didn't turn off his find my location and his son accidentally, pretty much unsuspectedly discovers the house (laughs) of his mistress on his iPad. Yep. Hey, daddy's not in the city. Uh, Look, he's in this neighborhood here. (laughs) Where is he? I don't don't know. This this is the part in the episode where it started to feel like a black mirror show to me. With the monkeys on the screen? Uh, Just the whole thing, man. The whole, the the power goes out. You got the little little family sitting on the couch. You're about to, you find out something very traumatic. And then it just, it goes downhill from here. Um, But for her at least. And and the I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing in this situation, but the moment SpongeBob pops off the TV yeah, and the power goes off and then it comes back and I see a swarm of monkeys <laughs> in the middle of, it looks like some like Southeast Asian country yeah, running across the street. That's when I, I start to get stuff ready. Now, there's a lot of conversations we can have about the show, how to prepare for an alien invasion, but what are those, uh, me- those military meals called? MREs? Um, yeah, meals ready to eat. I think everyone in the audience listening, we all got to get some MREs, get we need to become preppers for this situation. <laughs> we need a silo somewhere. I'm just kidding. Look, I, I I know a few people in the military and they absolutely hate the MREs, but I liked them. I bought a few in the past. It was it was kind of fun. I uh, I had some, I brought it to my, uh, I think it was my, my high school graduate. No, it was it was before my high school graduation. It was like early high school. Um. I, I brought them along to like a convention and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit down in the middle of the hotel room and, and eat some MREs. It was kind of fun. I liked it. You ate it by cho- like, By choice, of, yeah. It was like, wasn't forced on me. I was, yeah. It was great. I was really into like the whole like military thing. <laughs> and the prepping. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was not All prepping. Right. I was just like, I mean, I've got, I've got some nice hollowed out grenades and whatnot. It's what? Just, yeah. Like I've got two frag grenades uh, that I got. It's pretty cool. How do you know they're hollowed out? Because the bottom, it's got a drill hole in it. All right, cool, it's just cool. The core is taken out of it. Um, this is not, that is not a topic I'm super familiar with, so I wouldn't, you know. That's okay. No so judgment. They drill, they drill a hole in there and like all the- Yeah, you, you remove the whole filament. Out. Yeah, the, the, like the, um, 
the explosive is is removed from it essentially it can't go off even if you like you pull the pin i pulled the pin on it but only because i knew there was nothing in there and you can't really buy one <laughs> that's like just like ready to to just pull a pin and throw not that i'm aware yeah. of at least not in anywhere legal interesting yeah all right cool cool you learn something new every day for sure uh Hey man, when I'm visiting you, please don't pull the. I was gonna say you coming over this weekend, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this weekend, I have gotten myself into. Actually, you know Bluey. Have you ever heard of Bluey? No, I don't think so. It's a kids show. I have signed myself up to go watch Bluey. Ooh. For my niece's birthday. Okay. Only my niece could get me out there. Even though Bluey is a gift to the world, Bluey's like the greatest. Like if your kid, you know, gets into Bluey. Mm-hmm. Godspeed. There's a lot lot worse shows out there that you'd have to be forced to put on the television all day. I definitely know there's, a, there's a lot of bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, to Japan, we see the unluckiest voyage on the face of the earth take off on the day of this alien invasion mm. beginning. They take off. It's a success. And Mitsuki, the actress who plays Mitsuki, plays it perfect. I mean, she's both relieved that the takeoff is successful and also sad that she's not going to see Hinata for a year or perhaps worse when we see what happens to Hinata later in this episode. I mean, I would say definitely worse. I don't know how you're going to survive an ejection into outer space with no suit on. So that one, I, I, I think, I think is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Back to this conversation I was alluding to earlier uh, with Deputy Grady her name uh the understudy of bell it seems with her his partner mm -hmm. she's asking if he's okay and that's when we get this backstory where we kind of understand where he's coming from he had this case that was his career maker so yeah. to speak he saves this little girl from this kidnapper she's unharmed untouched okay saves her the mayor's planning a huge parade for him gonna give him a, a medal everything and two days after she's saved, she dies in a car accident, mm. hit by an 18-wheeler, ejects from the window and dies. And so he's kind of left with this whole, what's the point of it all, you know? Yeah. What, what is the point of, of my work, you know? Why, what is my legacy here as sheriff? And he's hoping for his last stand. And to be honest, his, he thinks that this case with the missing nephews of the farmer, right? Cal yeah. and the brother. He thinks this could be it. And aside from his own pride and his selfishness of wanting this case and wanting to put off his retirement, yeah, his intuition and his instinct is correct that this something is off here about this disappearance. Yes, but it's like thinking that something is off when the thing that's off is yelling at you in the face saying that it's off. So I don't, I don't know how much of that's just like pure instinct on his part versus just like, really? He didn't, he couldn't figure that out. I mean... Birds, locusts, a hole in the middle of a crop field. How far does it have to go for you in order to realize that it's an alien invasion happening? Well, okay. I, I think that's a whole different thing, though. To, to, to jump from what happened here to an alien invasion, I don't know. It's something off. I mean, the hole in the earth, the scorched edges around the hole. Right? Like, I would think, like, that's like, a, like an asteroid hit or something, but there's no evidence of it. There's nothing there. It mm -hmm. actually looked pretty, pretty smooth, like a, uh, uh, what's like that, a what's that called? Eh, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, the, the birds pecking at dirt to me would, would make me question things a bit. 
Yeah. Over to perhaps the saddest part of the episode, Anisha pulls up and finds her husband quite literally cheating on her with another woman. Yep. And she sees him in action, like full-on action here. But like a good mother gets back in her car and leaves because, yes, she could have had a whole scene out there, right? Yeah. And when you watch this episode for the first time, you're like, yeah, bang on the window. No, that's not. That's not. I, when I saw this episode for the first time, I was like, I didn't know the kids were with her. I was like, get in the Tesla and sit in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. See, I guess because I was rewatching and I knew the kids were in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, even still, I was like, yeah, bang on the window. Yeah, you, you know? wanted to have it out somehow. Yeah. yeah. But you would give those kids such a traumatic experience, which they're going to get one anyways right now. It's said the whole alien invasion mm-hmm. shit going on. So maybe this would have been a good warm up. Yeah. But um, she doesn't. She refrains from doing so. And by the way, for only having 12,000 followers on Instagram, this chick has a mansion. Yeah. I, I only. Well, I was just going to say. She in the size of her house, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm, but all I was going to say was I have no idea if the money that she has from this is coming from Instagram. I mean, come on. I it, like that could just be like, a, oh, I you know have this fun little thing that I, I do. And oh, you think she's cheating with someone or she has another job? That's a good, maybe po- he- it's a good point, though, right? Like she could yeah. be married with, to, to somebody else and, and could be cheating. But I, I don't know. I mean, she might have another job. And like, this is just like when she's at home. I mean, she, I, I don't used think to she's do that. cheating. I don't think she's cheating. Like, she's cheating with the blinds open like this. Like, the no, neighbors would, you know. No, yeah. I, I think she probably would just have another job. And this is the thing that, like, this is her passion thing. Like, I like snapping photos of nice coffees and uh, cocktails that I make. It's fun. Yeah. I just I don't, don't she, write about it in a blog. All stuff aside, I mean, does she know he's married? I'm assuming she knows he's married. I feel like she would know. I, Maybe I he put her up in this house. Uh, I mean, if he did, I want to know what he's doing for work. Um, Seems to be like some sort of ad ad agency hotshot. Because she says, I know you're in the middle of a pitch. Mm. So, but then my mind went straight to Mad Men. Yeah. At the moment you said that, I was just like, he's not Don Draper though. Come on. Yeah. He's kind of a weasel. I don't know if he's still wearing his rings or not in there. Like that would be the, the telltale sign of whether or not she knows. But true, true, true. Ah, well, you feel for Anisha here and we can push forward because we see Mitsuki's life without Hinata and really it's just her discovering the star that Hinata left on her ceiling um, and further elaborating the fact that she misses her. But we get this scene where Manny, the cheater, returns home and unexpectedly finds his wife still awake Mm -hmm. because she has made a meal for him that she took from... Mandy, his mistress, her Instagram page, and she she's kind of really rubbing it in his face here because she's asking him questions so that he can continue to lie directly to her face. Yeah. Saying, how was the meeting? Oh, it was great. They were eating it up. You know what I mean? He, he lets her know completely. Well, I mean, I guess uh, they were eating it up. <clears throat> what do you mean by that? Uh, not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I was wondering. Like, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, wow!" Back well, she did make some sort of uh, meal from there, and I figure at a certain point when he sees the meal and his wife wide awake, probably like at one or two a.m., waiting for him, that 
something's up, you know, I'm assuming. And hopefully he has like some cologne in the car or something, you know, to to spray off the, the scent. Yeah, I don't know how much that would help. This uh this was like the coldest like way to just let him know. Like I could I could just Ruthless. imagine like the just like the the sinking heart feeling and there's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, I mean, she literally likes every photo on her page on Instagram too. That's so true she's too. really, really letting her know. But he's a prick. You know, he's a prick in his own right uh, mm-hmm. with some of the stuff he says to her here, where you know he digs his own grave. She asks, "How do you like the food?" And he says, "Well, it's better than the stuff you usually make." Yeah. And then she asks him, "Why did you do this? I gave everything for you. I gave everything up." And he goes, "Cause she's not you." <laughs> like, and then it's at that moment where. The house starts to shake. The glass starts to break everywhere, and the alien invasion really kicks off, in my opinion. Yeah, th- this was another scene where, it, again, it kind of felt like like a. I mean, this one specifically really reminded me of Black Mirror season six, episode one, just kind of with some some roles swapped here. The food is bland. Oh yes, uh-huh. well, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he d- he does come off like a prick, though. I'm not. I don't like him. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. She feeds him to the aliens. <laughs> All right, let's get to the space scene here because we do. Uh, the horrible timing happens. They go to take the kids once again. The boy seems unaffected by whatever's going on, and they see something on fire on the in the neighbor's home. Because hmm. in the moment that the invasion happens, they put aside all of their nonsense, right? Yeah, and his his infidelity and. They go take care of their kids. Well, it's just like what you were saying earlier on. Like you're you're united in a common enemy, right? Like it's just those barriers kind of go away for for a little bit at least in this situation, I would imagine. Yeah. Till it's quiet. Speaking of quiet, in the International Space Station, Hanada looks down at Earth. She gets this video message of the sunrise that she misses from Mitsuki's apartment. And the space station explodes, sucking everybody into space. And we don't see Hinata f- get sucked into space, but we do see her grab onto this bar. Yeah. But I don't see how any, there's any possible way that she didn't die in this scenario. Yeah, I didn't catch that she grabbed onto that bar the first time I watched it. I did just see it. But yeah, again, you're in the vacuum of space at that point. Like there's, there's no way in my mind that you could survive that, no matter how strong you are. I think she's gone. By the way, did you notice outside the window right before the pretty much the ship explodes? There's like these lights outside of the glass. And I could have swore that maybe that was the alien, whatever mm. it is, a ship or creature. Who knows if they like fly through space. But It looked like yeah. something was out there, but it was, it was too hard for me to determine what it was. I thought yeah. it just could have been like another part of the station. Yeah. Over at Jim Bell's retirement ceremony, everything's going well until it's time for him to give a speech. And he really balks at the whole, a life and a career of meaning. And it's at that meaning part that he walks out in silence out of this ceremony, goes out to the cornfield, falls to his knees and asks God for a sign. And boy, does he get one because he is, seems to be surrounded by these invisible creatures and he gets hit in the back of the neck or stabbed in the back of the neck before we see him drop unconscious or dead. And this alien craft floating above him as he lies there lifeless. 
And that marks the end of episode one of Invasion, Last Day. This is crazy, man. I feel like he just got like, it looked like a scorpion tail, like sting on the right? back of the neck. Like a, like a massive, like massive scorpion, if, if it was one, but dang. It does look like it has some sort of tail thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked like a tail and I mean, it looked just like a scorpion, like the, the, the little stinger, the, the shape of it kind of looked like it to me. But I, I mean, I hope he's not dead. I mean, I'd still watch the show if he was, but. You do have an attachment to Sam Neill. I like Sam Neill. Come on. How can you not have an attachment to Sam Neill after after Peaky Blinders? Well, he, yeah. if you've never seen Peaky Blinders, I'm not going to spoil the character for you, but he does a great job as Inspector Campbell and Peaky mm-hmm. Blinders. I will say that. All right. So overall, first impressions, Zach, this is your first time watching the show. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Are these aliens here for peace? What are they here for? What is their motive? And what's going to happen in this season of Invasion? I don't think they're here for peace. I don't know what would make you think that personally, but... That they're here for peace? Yeah, I don't know either. The, the weird thing, though, that I don't fully comprehend is that I don't... Like, there's, the, there's, there's part of me that thinks that the aliens are not killing the people. Like, because I, I just can't buy that he's going to die. I, like, I'm hoping... I'm making this entire assumption on the... On the uh, I guess, wish that Sam Neill here, Jim Bell, does not die uh, between now and the next episode. It doesn't seem like they're killing people. It seems like they're stunning them or knocking them out to do something. I don't know what. That's that's the way that I'm kind of perceiving this. It was also a little difficult to uh, not watch the second episode after after I finished this, but I was like, I what can't it? do it. I, I literally just watched it last night and I, was, I wanted to watch it, but it was already late. I'm like, look, we're going to record tomorrow. Let me just <laughs> hold off on this so that I can like actually give a real reaction to what I'm seeing <laughs> happen here. But yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my feeling on it. And I actually did not notice the spaceship either the first time I watched it. I think my TV was just a little too dark. Too dark. I, yeah. I see it now in, in here. And you know, that that's a theme that I've I've noticed, I mean, well, not really a theme. It's just an issue I, I guess I have with my own television where it's a little dark sometimes. I don't make out some of those really, really fine details until I'm watching on my monitor. All right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you were you were ripping yourself from not watching the second one. So I'm yeah. glad. That's, that was my hoped, uh, what I hoped for when you got into the show. And that's what I hope for for all of you listeners out there who are perhaps diving into Invasion for the first time yourself. And I hope you are because I am once again excited. I, I, it's a pleasant surprise. I did not know season two was going to drop uh, at the end of August. It's a nice little birthday present there. Um, and that is just delightful. So we get to go through season one together here, Zach, and uh, give, a, give it the proper story archives treatment. I'm excited, man. I'm ready, I'm ready for, uh, for episode two. It's just a shame it's going to be a week from now. Uh, well, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see how we can uh, space this out. Sure. Well, we do have some categories for the show if you want to get into those. Do we? We have a couple. Okay. I'll go over I'll go over two of them cuz cuz I don't have a third one unless you do. Uh, I don't either. First, who is your favorite character? I think you know mine already. I'll, I'll just go out. It's Jim Bell. Like I just Okay. Get, give me more Sam Neill. Come on. I'm going with um Anisha or Mitsuki here. Okay. So far. 
I, I would probably go with Anisha as my second if, if I was picking another one. Mm-hmm. All right. Best scene in the episode. I, I picked two that I really liked. Best scene. I think the best scene for me personally is um, when she's arguing with, with the husband, Anisha. Mm-hmm. And it's in that moment that everything just goes crazy. I, I think the first time I watched that, I was like, I literally just did a little... <laughs> little clap. Time. Ramp up the conflict, ramp it up, and then boom, alien invasion. Ain't no time for none of this. Oh, that scene was great. I really did like that scene. Um, I love the way that she brought out like the, the whole fish and the whole meal and everything. I thought that was funny. However, my favorite scene was... She just had a fish in the freezer. Like she just had a fish in there. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she went to like a store and bought a fish or something. Was if yeah. My favorite scene though in this episode was uh, the nose bleeding from the god awful music those children were playing. Oh, the band, the band. That was <laughs> I, cr- that was I a creepy it. scene. I heard it and I'm like, God, this is just horrible. This sounds so bad. They make a nosebleed and there, so, there it is. <laughs> so you thought the music was just bad. That was why everyone's nose for, was bleeding. For a moment, I was like, uh, they, I'm like, that's kind of funny. Her nose is bleeding because the music's horrible. But then it was just like, all right, it's not a coincidence that everybody's nose is bleeding here. Well, at first I thought the kid was deaf. Uh, Anisha's kid. Hmm. Because I was like, if he can't hear if the he frequency, so it's a frequency thing. He can't, he can't really hear, so he's not picking up. Eh, maybe, but he doesn't seem to because he doesn't have a hearing aid, and they're not doing any signs to him or anything like that. No, he seems you know? to talk perfectly fine too. So I, I don't think he's deaf. Yeah, just special. Yeah, yeah, he's special. He's he's probably like has like a special gift for, for against whatever these aliens are. So yeah. Anyways. Well, all right, is that it? That's all I've got for today. Okay, well, a little housekeeping before we log off here. Uh, we thank you for tuning into the show. We hope you enjoy and join us on this ride as we go through Invasion. But we also want to tell you about some other series here on the Soapbox Network. A part of the Story Archives little series of shows we got going on. We are continuing our Foundation Season 2 coverage with an instant reaction of Season 2, Episode 2, releasing... Thursday late night or Friday early morning and a deep dive on Sunday nights that you can look forward to every week. In addition to that, if you want to go into some of our archives, pun intended, (laughs) you can find our series on Silo, Last of Us, Peaky Blinders, and I think that about covers it. Oh, Oh, and some, uh, there's some, there's some bonus stuff in there too. So yeah, once again, we thank you. We hope you would leave us a five-star rating with a nice review. We love seeing those reviews, actual wordy, verbal reviews of how you're enjoying the show out there. If you like the show, if you don't, just stay silent. Don't leave us any reviews. But (laughs) nonetheless, we thank you and we hope you uh, hit us up on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel over there as we post our video podcasts on all platforms. Apple's going to be releasing the capabilities of video podcasts on iOS 17, releasing, I think it released already, didn't it? No, no, no. I, well, there's a public beta for iOS 17, but we'll we'll get the nice new features. The one that I'm looking forward to is the customized thumbnails per episode. It'll oh, be coming yeah. out so probably is, like mid-September is my guess. So is an emailer out there. Yeah. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are ramping up our Twitter content as well. So thank you once again. And oh, by the way, and Zach did a whole facelift on our website. So if you I go did. to soapbox.house, it is a new website. We're going to be adding some stuff there, uh, talking about some sister companies and 
plenty of other stuff coming soon on there. So thank you all once again. And Zach, you're much better at the polished outro than I am. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Invasion by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network, Twitter at Soapbox House. You can visit a website at Soapbox.house. Email us at contact at Soapbox.house. And there is a link in the description below to sign up for our newsletter. All right. I don't have a sign off, but thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Don't get abducted or stabbed. That's in the back that's of the dark. Head. I don't even want to use that. Yeah, as don't well. don't get abducted. That's that's yeah. a that's a that's a dark sign off. <laughs> Ends every episode that way. No, I don't know. I don't know what to say here. Oh, how about just have a great week? Stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Peace.